You are listening to Utah Zone, the Bryson Barnes podcast, presented by Fan Nation All Utes. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. New episodes will be released periodically through the 2022 season. All right, welcome back to another episode. We got quarterback Bryson Barnes, Mr. Fourth Quarter with us today. How's it going? <laughs> I'm doing good. How you doing? How, how you like that nickname? Yeah, that's basically what it's been. The last five minutes. <laughs> Here we go. Let's go run that sucker right down the middle every play. Hey, we need to see you keep it a couple more times down there in the red zone. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have kept this uh, second to last play, I think. I mean, could have had a touchdown. There was but... like two or three of them down there. I was like, he's got one guy to beat. He just yeah. lays, lays yeah. the wood one more time and he's in there. Yeah, for sure. You're just playing it conservative, just running up the gut, kill the clock. Yeah, exactly. Um, was that your wife that posted like my my favorite five minutes of the week or the last five <laughs> minutes of the fourth quarter? Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, she posted about it. Just, I mean, that's just kind of what it's been. You know, we've been winning the games, putting us in a position where we can get the twos on. Yeah. And when you get in that situation, you know, you're not. I mean, the priority to score is not as high as it would. And the the priority is to run the clock out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's kind of. Let's milk it out. Let's kind of end the game. Let's go home. Yeah. So that's kind of just we've been put in. Yeah. Just run it down, get out of there without yeah. any injuries or anything like that. All right. So you guys play Oregon State this uh, this last week, and Oregon State was the only conference loss you guys had last year, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm sure this game was a little bit circled on the calendar, and they had a pretty good game against USC. Mm-hmm. Uh, talk to me about the, the prep for that week and um, just how you feel the game played out. So, yeah, I mean, there's always like those teams you kind of have circled on your schedule, especially where, you know, we had some losses last year and we played two of the teams. We played two of the, I think we lost three times, three or four times last year. We were able to play two of them back. So it's kind of nice to be able to get a little like revenge from last year. You know, mm-hmm. San Diego State was one of them. You know, that was a big one we had circled on. You know, that was just kind of like the a big turning point in our season after that game. And then obviously going up to Oregon State, playing in Corvallis, I mean, it was a great environment to play in. You know, I don't remember the score. I do know it was it was a pretty good shootout. And I do remember Devin Lloyd getting ejected for a BS targeting. <laughs> we don't go into depth about that. But, no, it's, it's good to kind of – He's doing all right now. I think he's fine. Yeah, yeah, you know, just doing his thing. He's playing on first Sundays. Round, he's first-round right. draft day, playing on Sundays, yeah. rookie of the year candidate. Yeah. yeah. Nothing yeah. major. But, yeah. No, yeah, so we definitely had Oregon State for sure circled on the calendar, you know, so we were excited to get them in Rice Eccles and be able to play them again and be able to beat them the way we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's an interesting thing in college football where if you play, you know, that team on the road one year, you know next year you're getting them at home. So yeah. I think you guys will have Florida for sure at home next year, right? Maybe. I don't know. Because sometimes with those non-conference games, they they – they get a little like flipped up sometimes. Like sometimes it's just like a one year game. Mm-hmm. Like like it, the conference games though, those flip every year. So like last year we were at U at uh, USC. Now they're here. Mm-hmm. Like now we're going to Washington State when they came here. So I think the conference games do flip. And if we pick up the same non conference, I think then that would flip. So if if Florida is on the schedule, they would be coming. But I don't know if they are for sure. Gotcha. If that would be interesting. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about the game and we talked about the last five minutes, but you're in the backfield, uh, with Jaquin and Jackson now, someone that you battled with in camp over that QB two spot, but now he's kind of, 
you know, he's obviously super athletic, so he has some position flexibility. And he started playing running back last week. And now you're in the backfield with him. What's that kind of dynamic like? It must be pretty cool to just be lined up with him back there. No, it it really is. And I mean, especially with a guy that is as talented as JJ, you know, it's good to kind of be in the backfield with him. Like I remember the first first day or two when he was back there, you know, we were just working some speed option. And I mean, just just pitching to him, like it just, I I don't know, it it felt different, but it was like a good different, like there was like almost like chemistry there. But, you know, JJ's in there because of uh, obviously some unforeseen circumstances and, you know, nobody knows, like we don't know if this is going to be permanent or not, you know, like sure, I'd love him in the backfield, but, but, you know, I'd love him playing quarterback and me and him competing just like we did this year, you know, so I'm good with either way he goes, but I mean, the dude's a, he's a very talented runner. So it's kind of cool to, I mean, you, you battle out during spring and fall and now mm-hmm. you're, and now he sees things as a, from like a quarterback perspective, but he's running right. the ball. So he kind of sees things a little bit differently. Yeah. And it, it, it is pretty cool. I mean, to yeah. be, for me and him to both be back there. Right. And if you guys are ever in like a close game situation with both of you guys are back there, it must be nice to have like two quarterback minds in the backfield. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty unique. Yeah. I mean, the only like NFL comparison, I guess, is like what Taysom Hill's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Saints where it's kind of like they got two quarterbacks out there. That's kind of the only comparison. I I would would take uh, JJ's finesse and (laughs) ability over Taysom Hill. I feel like Taysom Hill, that's going to be like the goal line. Like, okay, I'll hit a linebacker going, which JJ can do. Yeah. But he's got he's got a special ability with running the ball. Has he lined up at wide receiver at all or no? No, no. I I believe I I remember seeing something or hearing about how JJ was called a receiver or something like the Arizona State game, right. which they obviously had wrong. But no, just running back. I have no no receiver. Yeah, cool. Well, yeah, it's fun. I mean, getting to see you guys out there and just you know running up the score enough to get the backups in and yeah. see everyone get a couple touches. It's pretty fun. Um, right. We got UCLA this week. Yep. Your opponent, you know, they've they're off to a hot start this season. They haven't played a super tough opponent. I mean, you guys will be their toughest opponent so far this season. Yeah. And so this is probably a game that they have circled on their calendar, obviously, you know, defeat oh, yeah. Pac 12 champs. Um, and obviously their quarterback is doing some things down there, pretty athletic guy. Um, what's the game prep been like? Why, why don't we do it this way? Why don't we take it from a quarterback's perspective, go through the whole game prep of the week? What are the first things that you're looking at, obviously, for UCLA's defense as you start out the week? Uh, yeah, and there's one thing about, like, UCLA is, like, last year we got him here, and DTR was injured that game. So, I mean, just like you said, this game is for sure circled on their calendar because, I mean, I'm pretty sure we put a pretty good beat down on them when they were up here. Mm-hmm. But that was DTR out. And so I think they're they're ready, you know, that they kind of got things rolling down there a little bit. Yeah. You know, undefeated. They kind of got some heat about their fan base earlier in the season, but I do know they had a pretty good turnout for UW and where you had a, a top 25 team come in there, tough game at home, have more crowd, have a bigger crowd and you win. Mm. And then you got Utah coming to town the next week. You know, I, I feel like we're going to, it's going to be a great game down there for sure. But uh, anyways, back onto the, as well, like looking at it for a defense perspective, you know, you kind of, you got to watch like kind of like their games obviously so like the previous previous games they play you know you, you just watch their game kind of get a feel for what they're doing on, on defense you know because if you dive in too quickly I feel like you you kind of lose just the generic aspect of just kind of like watching the players play you know if you, if you get too ingrained in uh, what they're doing formationally and <clears throat> like just too, too many specifics too early you can kind of miss just some generic ideas hmm. but so I mean 
start off on like a Sunday, you know, you you watch what happened yesterday, and then you kind of get it, kind of get into the groove of the next week opponent because it's you know you got to move on, you know. There's there, you you only get so many days to prepare for a team, so you waste a day. You're that far that much further behind than what you would have been. Right. So you're kind of Sunday, you know, Sunday into Monday, you're watching kind of their previous games, kind of what they've been doing. <clears throat> And kind of get a get a feel for what they're doing overall, you know UCLA that they're more of like a, a zone coverage team, you know, that, and things like that. So uh, you kind of you're able to pick up on those things early on, like a Monday and a Tuesday, and then you know Wednesday you you keep watching, you kind of get a feel for more of the specifics, like all right, this is what they're doing on third downs, this is what they're doing in the red zone, uh, you know, like just just like random, like okay, on this down in the red zone. We're expecting pressure, just different mm-hmm. things like that. You start to pick on really refined little details and really just give yourself clarity of like kind of situ- more situational football because you can't treat every down the same, you know. Yeah. For, you know, your 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 first play of the drive is a lot different than your second play of the drive. You know, there's just and then I mean your red zone calls are obviously gonna be different than your middle calls, middle of the field calls. You know, there's a lot of things that you gotta kind of <clears throat> take into account of like what the defense is gonna do. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, it, it really is just a process because I mean, like Tuesday, you know, you, you kind of get a pretty good feel for what they're doing. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then even into some Saturdays, you know, when we have those late kickoff games, <clears throat> everything just really kind of comes to fruition and clarity. Like, all right, this is what they're doing. This is what we're doing offensively. This is what we're doing to attack that. And yeah. so it, it's all just a process and it slowly gets better throughout the week and just kind of clears it clears up in your mind. You're able to play faster and, and just play with more efficiency and awareness because you've kind of been, you, you're just kind of like accustomed to what they're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you're so dialed in by that point. It's yeah. just, so yeah. when you watch their previous games, are you watching TV copies? Are you watching like end zone view footage? Mm-hmm. So th- there is just like the film. So like, the first clip, it shows like three seconds of the situation. And the situation is kind of how much time's on the clock to the score and the down and distance. You know, those are all right. things you have to take into account because, I mean, if you're just going through clips, you're going, oh, man, they were running this. Mm-hmm. They, they ran this coverage. Like, where'd this come from? But then you look at it and they're up 45 to six on Alabama State. And it's like that they've got twos in. One of them screwed up a call, so this guy went wide open. Like, there's some things you have to take into account that, you know, you wouldn't have otherwise if you weren't looking at this situation. So, I mean, yeah. you do get a, you get so you get a view of the scoreboard and kind of what's going on there, and then you get a side a big side view that you're able to kind of see what's going on defensively and offensively, kind of like what they're doing. So, like, it's almost kind of like TV, I would say, kind of that height, mm-hmm. maybe a little higher maybe a little higher to kind of get the whole picture. And then there's, there is also an end zone copy. So you're able to kind of see what they're doing mm-hmm. uh, with, with the box and things like that. So like tilts of linebackers, your linebacker widths, uh, wide DNs, things like that. You're able to kind of pick up on more so on the end zone copy than you would on the sideline view. <clears throat> yeah. I guess all 22 footage, right? So you can see all 22 players on the field. Yep. Um, and then just all the different angles, but that's interesting that you bring up like all the different factors that go into each play down yeah. distance location on the field, you know, if they're in red yep. zone or backed up in their own territory midfield and then time on the clock is obviously a huge one yeah. that you, you don't get unless you're kind of paying attention to the flow of the game. Exactly. And lot, so yeah, it goes into that. <laughs> exactly. And then I mean, and even with teams that, uh, you know, say, say offensively they're, they're blowing teams out. So their defense, you know, they're, they're going to, 
they don't have to follow as much as a scheme as they would, you know, because things mm -hmm. just change according to the game. So that's why it's good that we have, you know, uh, a UW film against UCLA last week. You know, that was a, it was down to the wire. Then so like you're you're getting UCLA's defense at, like at its finest right there. You know, right. obviously it's going to be obviously it's going to be changed. You know, according to the opponent you're playing, but you know you don't have you know you you don't just have just pure coverage because they're blowing a team out by thirty five points mm -hmm. and by like this end of the first half you know so yeah but there is a lot of different things you have to take into account when you're watching film because every situation is so different yeah and then the personnel too like you mentioned yeah. earlier if they have a, an injury a backup corners in yeah maybe that's not going to be repeatable the next week mm -hmm. exactly yeah so normally i feel like the the stereotype of a backup quarterback is you're like the clipboard guy you know that you're, you're kind of like this you're kind of like the study guy for the the starter yeah you know you're uh -huh. doing you're doing a lot of his homework is that how you and Cam's relationship are and JJ in the quarterback room too? Or what's that kind of breakdown like? So, yeah. So, I mean, I would say we, we both, we do both do our homework. I know, I know Cam, he's a, he's a, like, he's an avid note taker. He's always taking notes. And I mean, that, that is one thing that's just kind of like been in the quarterback room, kind of our mentality with things is, I mean, we've got an offense coordinator that's been doing this thing for like 30 plus years. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you've got a guy that has seen a lot of football. And so, the intellect that's coming out of his mouth, you know, you write that stuff down for sure. Right. But then, you know, there's only, you know, there's only a couple hours out of the day where we're able to sit down with coach Ludd. And so, you know, everything you got to do is on your own a lot of the time. So, I mean, there are things that cam obviously cam cam prepares his own way. I prepare my own way. And so then we just kind of merge them together when we're able to get together and talk, like, you know, kind of like what you're seeing, you know, how you're feeling about this. What do you think about this player or something like that? You know, mm -hmm. what, what do you think about their safety? You know, there's different things that we're able to kind of take both of our preparation methods and then kind of merge them together. But as far as the backup thing with the clipboard, I mean, that's kind of what it is. You know, we, you know, I'm watching him run the play and essentially like what I would be thinking if I was in that situation, because that's the thing is, you know, at any moment with a backup, you can go in. And so if, if you're sitting here just, oh, yeah, I'm just going to watch football. You, know, you can't just yeah. watch football. Right. You know, you have to be every rep matters. And so if, if you're sitting there kind of just piddling around on the sideline, you get thrown in, you're going to be in some trouble. Right. But if you're going if you're looking there, you know, the play, you know, the read and you're going, okay, I think like this, this, you know, you just kind of go through the reads with him. Yeah. Then you're, when he comes on the sideline, you go, Oh, Hey, like this safety ended up doing this. And whereas he would have missed that, you know, just, just little things like that. But you know, mm -hmm. Cam's usually, good. He usually kind of sees a majority of the picture, but like little things, you know, I'm able to kind of, right down on my clipboard. <laughs> right, right. I, I, one, got, I got a clipboard, but I same concept. Yeah. One thing I, I noticed in the game, so you're wearing like the yellow vest mm -hmm. on the sideline, and then when you go in, Cam puts it on. So you guys just switch. Yeah. Is the Is the vest just designated? Are you signal calling? And yeah, yellow, yeah. So the so yellow vest got, just helps got, identify you on the sideline. Yeah. So we, we've got two yellow vests, and so obviously one of them is the signal caller. So we've got uh, three quarterbacks you know, going. And we've also, we've also had in the past, you know, other guys on the sideline throw a vest on and cause you know, a lot, we, we get some people to learn the signals just in case. Yeah. You know, say, say cam goes down, you know, I go down and now we've got our third string quarterback in there. Someone's got to know how to signal. And so you have people learn the signals. And so we're able to have different uh, guys signaling plays and also using some as dummy signalers. You know, there's different ways we can kind of get at things. So that way they're not catching on to our signals. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's actually possible for them to catch on to our wristbands, but 
you know, just precautionary measures. Yeah, they take screenshots of the game, zoom all the way in, get the shot, of, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the shot of the yeah. wristband. Yeah. Uh, so, so who's who's the third signal caller then? So we've been there. There's been two. There's been Nate Johnson, uh-huh. the new freshman quarterback. He's been uh, signaling as well, and then we've also got another guy named Luke Patari that's been signaling as well. Cool. It's always good just to have guys just in the funnel, learning the offense, staying involved yeah. in the game. And that's yeah. interesting that what's the thought process behind uh, Cam putting it on after he comes out of the game? Is that just so he just stays involved and doesn't just like, yeah. check out or? Yeah. That? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, that's pretty much what it is, you know? And I don't, I, even if Cam weren't to put a vest on, I, he would still be that guy. He'd be right there in the same spot as he would with or without a vest on. You know, that's just the type of guy Cam is. He's mm-hmm. not going to be like, oh, yep, I'm done setting my helmet. I'm sitting down on the bench. Yeah. I'll just wait in the you locker know? room for you guys. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, exactly. Yeah. And that's just not how he is. You know, he's definitely going to be right there. You know, I mean, I remember just, just when he was signaling, when he was signaling the play, and I mean, he was looking at me and he's like, bullet, bullet. And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, I, know, I missed that one. All right. right. <laughs> right. Little things like that. So he's, he is still staying involved. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, that's the type of guy Cam is, but yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Cool. Well, anything else on uh, UCLA this week? Any things that you guys are looking forward to or noticed about them? I mean, I mean, we're all excited to go back down to the Rose Bowl, kind of end that idea of that stadium. Yeah. So, Turn the next page I, of that book. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. But yeah, I think we're all just excited to go, go down there. I mean, not very often you get to, you know, top 25 teams, you know, early in this mid season, mm-hmm. you know, we're head down to UCLA, UCLA's hot, you know, we're, we're, we're rolling as well. And so I'm excited to get down there and play them for sure. Yeah. <clears throat> sounds good. Well, we got some cues for you uh, that we put on the fan nation uh, Instagram page specifically for you. So here we go. All right, let's go. First question is who's the person who influenced you the most to be who you are today. Influenced me the most i'm just gonna have to say my dad i mean he's always been one to really kind of put into perspective you know getting rid of distractions in your life you know really prioritizing things that matter and i feel like i mean as a high school kid you know you're like oh shut up dad right what do you what do you know yeah you know i'm focusing on football you know? yeah. and just you know just little things like that because you're an old teenager but then you kind of look back you know you're like yeah like my dad definitely was kind of like that figure, you know, he was always kind of keep, keeping me straight and kind of definitely influencing of where I'm at today for sure. Yeah. I feel like parents and grandparents, it's like when you're a kid, obviously you think you're smarter than them. And, oh, yeah. and at some point I feel like probably most people like the <laughs> mid, mid twenties, I would say mid to early twenties, you look back and be like, Oh, okay. They were actually trying to like, they actually yeah. had my best interest in mind this whole time. And I just didn't really <laughs> yeah. see yeah. There was a reason behind those chores. All right. Yeah. Yeah. And it all kind of makes sense. Maybe, I mean, I see it more now because I'm a new dad. And so I, I kind of get that perspective a little more, but even yeah. before I feel like, you know, you just kind of learn a uh, better perspective of, of what they're doing yeah. for you this yeah. whole time. Right. <laughs> since you're, since the day you were born. Yeah. The, the perspective of things, that's a good way to put it. Right. Okay. Next question is why do you wear number 16? And is there a different number you'd prefer if they were all available? Uh, I wear number 16 because that's what was in my locker when I showed up. Oh, really? It was just a sign just given to you? <laughs> yep. That was, I mean, I wore, I wore number 10, like my whole high school career, but I mean, I'm cool with 16, you know, I'm not overly picky. I mean, if it was a number like, I don't know, like 19, 
Oh I feel like goodness. 19, I, I was going to say this, I feel like 19 is the least desirable number. Yeah, yeah. Or, or like a 17, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's Philip Rivers, man. Take it easy. <laughs> There's some good 17s yeah. out there. Yeah, all right, all right. But uh, I feel like, well, quarterbacks, I feel like the classic quarterback number is 12. 12, yep, yeah. Seven, seven is pretty classic, so Cam's got that going. Yeah. I don't know, though. I feel like I feel like the player makes the number, you know? Yeah, for like sure. For any sure. number can be cool depending on what player has it. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Like, I mean, if a quarterback comes out with number one, like, he's probably running the ball. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, dude's, dude's keeping it on every play. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as a read option, man. I'm pulling right. it. Like, I mean, you think about it. I think Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray, DTR. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, those are just the running. Uh, Lamar Jackson should be wearing number one, but it's whatever. Yeah, that's so <laughs> funny. That's so true. I talked about this with Jalen, uh, Jalen Glover, because he wears number one. Yeah. And I told him my high school football coach wouldn't let anyone on the team wear number one, because because there's this there's like this little ego stigma attached to it, you know. And so <laughs> yeah. he's like, no one's wearing number one, and so our our athletic quarterback wore number two instead. <laughs> Exactly. It's like exactly. I'm getting the closest thing to it. Yep. So yeah, I mean, I showed up summer of 2020. Number 16 was in my locker. I said, "All right." Yeah. Guess that's my number. And and if I were to choose a number, I mean, I'd probably just stick with 16 because that's kind of what the number is now. You know? Yeah. If if it's not, you know. overly, not, not overly picky, unless it was number 17. Yeah. 19. Yeah. All right. Uh, going back to that number one thing, Jalen had an awesome answer with it because I brought that up to him. I kind of put him on the uh-huh. spot with it. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? You can have that perspective, but the perspective I have with number one is that I feel it it comes with like a leadership role hmm. on the team and that like I want to hold myself to that high standard. And if I if I wear the number one, I can't like show up with anything less than 100% all the time. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that was an awesome answer with it. And I I see that with them. I see it with Clark as well. I feel like they hold their yeah. stuff to like a very high standard of, of performance and leadership. Yeah, you can't be a... You can't be wearing number one and then just kind of be just the play around guys. Yeah, you, you know, can't be a scrub. T- taking a knee in the back, you know, just kind of yeah. being like cool for the show. For sure. Yeah. yeah. So whatever, whatever gets them going. All right. Next question is the you where you always wanted to go. Um, I mean, growing up, I had a friend that was a Utah fan. So mm. I obviously couldn't like Utah because of it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, like growing up, I mean, you know, obviously it was the Oregon Ducks with Marcus Mariota, the flashy jerseys, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of like that was always like the what what is like the attraction or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then eventually, you know, it just kind of once I got kind of probably around junior senior year, you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to Utah. It was just kind of like I want to play college football, and and Utah gave me the opportunity. I had an opportunity to play, you know, Power Five football, and so I took a chance on myself, but was believed in myself, came up here and it's turned out. It's worked out for you. Yep. So yeah, Utah was never like the, what was it be like? I mean, sure, sure. They were a target school. You know, I, I would say all my, all the schools in the state were target schools, you know, like that yeah. opportunity to go play somewhere in state, you know, that's a probably take advantage of that. But I mean, it was just kind of like how the cards fell. And I was like, I feel like Utah's where I need to go. Yeah, I think you probably talked about this on an earlier episode, but I don't remember your answer exactly. Did they reach out to you and say, "Hey, like, come walk on here. We think you have a good chance to make the team"? Or was what was the outreach like? 
Uh, yeah. So what's actually interesting about this was, uh, I had a D two offer before this, but Utah was the first school to actually like offer me something besides that D two school that was out in Kansas. But it had just happened like right after my senior year. We just we just lost my senior year, and that Wednesday or Tuesday, uh, uh Coach Scally called me up. And was like, hey man, like we want to offer you a preferred walk-on offer, you know, like kind of like what that entails. You can go and if there's anything else down the road that would change that, you know, like he goes, I'll let you know, but you know, I want you up here, brother, you know. And that kind of that's just kind of how that went. But then, you know, Scally was Scally and it was Coach Pua at the time. They were the in-state recruiters, you know, they were pretty proactive and kind of, you know, keeping in touch, you know, like I was invited up to go to, to the game. So, you know, I took advantage of those kind of seeing the atmosphere there. Mm-hmm and things like that but i think i got off track what was the question again <laughs> just it, what the outreach was like from the university of utah to get you there yeah so yeah definitely they were they were, they were proactive and i would say that was probably one of the one of the biggest factors was just the the care that they wanted me here so that i mean washington washington state uh ended up coming and this was right before uh leach left washington state uh-huh. like literally it was like a week before and they offered me a preferred walk-on. And I remember Scally calling me and he goes, I, yeah, it sounds great to go up there and throw the ball 30 times, 30 some odd times a game. But yeah, I just, he goes, we like, you're a baller, bro. Like we want you here. That's so. awesome. Cool. Uh, next question here is how much influence or impact has Cam Rising had on how you play? Oh, I, I would say it has a, a large portion of how I play. You know, you see a guy, who you you have a similar play style too, you know. I, I feel like me and Cam have similar play styles, mm-hmm. but, and then just seeing the way he does things, you know, he does things right, he does things efficient, and he runs the offense at a high level. And so you, you know, you see a guy like that, and especially where he's, you know, the guy above me. I mean, there, and then you have the success you've been having. I mean, there's not there's not a better position position to be in than than my position in learning from him, you know. Right. And so I would say he has a lot of influence of like kind of like how I want to do things. And I mean, he's got, he's got great leadership traits, you know, mm-hmm. he really gets the team rallied around him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, you talk about the turning point in our season, he steps in the team rallied around their leader. Yeah. And so I, I mean, there's definitely a lot of things that I, I have picked up my game from him and will continue to do so until he's gone. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Must be cool to have that kind of guy ahead of you. Um, you considered, Growing out your hair, mustache, anything like that? No, 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 sir. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if I'll have hair by twenty eight. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> what's going, huh? I, man, it's I graduated. It's, it's my hairline's running from my eyebrows. Yeah, you know it's <laughs> funny. We talked about how quarterbacks that wear number one always run. I feel like quarterbacks that wear number seven have long hair. <laughs> Who's the other number seven? I don't know. It's just a stigma I have in my head. Well, I think Travis Wilson was seven. Maybe. I think he had longer hair, right? I'm trying to think quarterbacks have long hair. I mean, Herbert, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. I just feel like it's a classic movie thing that the quarterback always wears number seven. Yeah, always got like like, like a, so, a SoCal blonde hair. Yeah, remember the Titans, Sonny? Uh, yeah, he's got to sun, Sunshine. Sunshine, yeah. That, that's what's got to He might. Back. He might have wore number 13. I might be off on that one. All right. Who are two current freshmen that you think will have great careers, either with Utah or beyond? 
Okay, I'm trying to think of the freshman. Sometimes you get it. The freshman screwed up. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously the one, Jalen Glover, I mean, he's obviously came in, kind of made a statement on how he can run the ball and mm-hmm. begin some touches. You know, I feel like he's definitely going to have a great career here. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty excited about all of our freshmen. You, know, you hear about Taylor Johnson, you know, he's fast. Then you have Sidney Bannister, who's – He's a long guy and he's athletic. You know, he's he just came in in the summer. Uh, I'm trying to think. Guys on defense would be like Lander, right? Lander, yeah. I mean, Lander came in. I mean, the dude doesn't look like he just graduated high school. I know. Yeah, when, <laughs> when they told me he was a freshman, I was like, bro. He's like 6'4", 230. I'm like, you just graduated high school. Like, what did they feed you? He's like the guy in uh, <laughs> what's that movie? Benchwarmers. When he comes in, he's like, "I am twelve yeah. with crown and I like a fifty dollar bill inside." Literally, that's yeah, hilarious. I am nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Yes, exactly. Uh, I'm trying to think. I can't really think of too many other freshmen right now, but I mean, yeah, well, I, we've. I mean, we've got some guys. Glover, you know, obviously sticks out in my head. Mm-hmm. And Lander Barton, obviously, yeah. you know. But yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question here. I can't help you on this one. Bass or trout fishing, spinning or bait casting? All right. I'm going to say trout because that's what I grew up fishing down in Southern Utah. Went trout fishing a lot. I don't think I've ever went bass fishing actually. Mm. Me, I haven't done either. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of was a, a bum about fishing when I was little. I just didn't have the patience to sit there and watch that bobber for hours and not catch a thing. So it kind yeah. of drove me nuts. So I was like, I ain't ever going fishing. And yeah. now I'm like, I wouldn't mind going fishing. Fishing would kind of sounds fun. Yeah. Now and it's like a nice change of pace. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like now I'm like, relax by a lake. Like now I see like, Oh, this is why we go fishing. Like yeah. before I'm yeah. like, I want to catch as many fish as possible. Yeah. But what was the other, what was the second part of the question? Spinning or bait casting? Oh, uh, I would say spinner. Yeah. Uh, bait casting. Uh, yeah, I wasn't a big fan of bait casting, probably because I could never put it on the hook right. So every time I went to chuck that sucker out, I watched my bait go <laughs> no, the other. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I never got too into fishing, but we talked about my uh, my quail adventures before. So I have a friend in Hawaii here that wants to take me spear fishing, but That's he, cool. but he does it at night. How are you supposed to do this? You have a you have a little light with you. A little like a light. Yeah, so he's he's like we just go out at night and the fish at night they're like they're I don't know if I don't I don't know how fish sleep or what their sleep schedules like but they're yeah. he described them as just kind of being like drunk like they're just slow and kind of wobbly at night and they they're like reflexes aren't as fast and so it's way easier to get them at night. But I'm, being it but being in the ocean at night that kind of freaks me out. Oh, amen, bro. Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's already bad enough but the sun's out. <laughs> Let I'm, alone not, when it's, when it's I'm not really scared of sharks like i grew up in the ocean enough i'm not really like i don't have like a fear of sharks but uh-huh. being out there at night when you can't see all around you, and you only have like this little bubble of light around you oh yeah that could get freaky so it's like a video game it's like a video yeah. game like a vr or something like that and yeah like, yeah see anything yeah that's but that's he true. says he catches stuff every time he goes out at night it's just easy so well, how, big are, how big are these fish that we're talking here i have no idea no idea we're, well, we, we're about to find out <laughs> when are you going 
I don't know. I'll probably push it off a couple times. Take <laughs> yeah, yeah, some uh, mental like reps. A, yeah, I got to visualize it all first. I got to take it in. Like, all right, I'm going out on the yeah. ocean. Yeah, but if I am going to go in the ocean at night, I'd rather have a spear with me and a light with me than just like swimming, you know? That's true. So I guess if a shark rolls up on us, we each got a spear. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> we'll try to hold our own. All right, man. Uh, this is going to be a fun week. UCLA is a bigger opponent. Uh, obviously a big name. They're having some good success and uh, I feel like it's a good, yep. good building block for you guys this week. Yep. Yep. I'm excited to go down there for sure. Ready to put a, put a mark on their schedule. All righty. Let's, let's uh, go ahead and keep it down there in the red zone this week. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Okay, thanks, Bryson. See ya. Uh, yeah, for sure. Later, man. Thanks for listening to Utah's own The Bryson Barnes Podcast, presented by Fan Nation All Youth. This episode was produced by Lyric Clark and Cole Bagley. Please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. If you enjoyed the show, please share with a friend. Go use.